Hello, this podcast is called Bittersweet Ramblings, because I couldn't think of anything else, and why not? Today I'm going to be talking about weird science, which is basically a really messed up Cinderella story that they were trying to do, you know, for the boys. So, let's get started. Fairy tales bring me joy, like especially fractured fairy tales or tales that have been modified to, you know, meet or fit a different time or a different personality. But weird science is like a poorly retrofitted Cinderella type role reversal that just sucks. When it was created, the theme seemed to be, okay, we're going to do a Cinderella story, but for boys. Because no boy could possibly watch, you know, any type of Cinderella story about girls and empathize. The next thing you know, they may lose their fear of the color pink, and we just can't have that happen. Everything about this movie seems to be sort of drawn from that overgrown frat boy mentality that just pervaded the 80s movies. It was a bunch of old guys trying to relive high school through the lens of that college frat that they were really into, you know, from the good old days. Now, what makes me really sad about the movie Weird Science is that it pulls in parts from Frankenstein, which should be an absolute win for me. Because Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are amazing movies. So is young Frankenstein and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I should be all in on this one, but too many of the characters in this movie just suck. They're just horrible. In the movie and tale about Cinderella, there is a fairy godmother. So in our movie for the boys, what are we going to do for the fairy godmother? Because, you know, it can't be like an old gal or it can't be like a fairy godfather. It's, it's got to be for the teenage boys or these guys' version of teenage boys. Their solution is to make a magical hot chick who dresses like she's on a pinup poster. How can they make this happen? Because boys, especially boys in the 80s, they don't believe in girly wishes with like magic glitter dust. So what do they do? It's got to be electricity and computers and, you know, magic time. Now, in the 80s, there were a lot of movies with the magical computer stuff going on. People didn't really have an idea of what computers were capable of. And at that time, it was, we couldn't do nearly as much as we can do with them now. So in the movies from the 80s, they would just combine the computers with some magic to really make something interesting happen. Otherwise, they would just be you know, spending a lot of time playing Pong. The computers took over for, like, spellcasting or chemistry experiments with a flask for a while. Instead of a magic spell, there would be a computer with a bunch of mumbo-jumbo typed, and then, like, lightning or electricity, and poof, you know, anything could happen. You know, it'd be like, type, 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 power surge, and then there'd be, like, a magic boom, and, and you'd get, like, a magic carriage to take you to the ball. Or, since it's the 80s, it would be a Porsche to take you to a house party. Or, you know, type, 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 
you know, you dump a chemistry experiment on the on the keyboard and, you know, zap pow, now I have a superpower, I can fly, or I, you know, get a tree full of money. Which in my case would just end up turning into a tree of rotten cabbage as I tried to grab it. Because that's the way things work for me. In Weird Science, the fairy godmother, excuse me, the magic hot chick, who, by the way, every man in this movie seems to stare at and follow with, like, open, drooling mouths. It's really weird. Anyway, this magic chick goes and helps the nerdy boys to throw a big party. Because in the 80s, the big teen party changed everything. Because 80s movies teen parties are magical. It's the party they will remember for the rest of their lives. Or, you know, until the next school day. Because, really, when it comes down to it, parties don't change lives. It's, you're still gonna have to go to school the next day and it's gonna be the same old, same old. Now, in this movie, there are the girls who the sort of nerdy protagonists were crushing on, or really more creeping on. These girls had boyfriends who were bullying the protagonist. And these bullies were over the top. Probably because the nerdy guys were, you know, kind of skeevy jerks. So the bad guy bullies had to be worse. The only problem was that the bullies in this movie were really charismatic. To, to give you an idea, one of the bullies was Robert Downey Jr. Who, who played a jerk but he was still as charismatic as he always is. And you couldn't help but wonder if these nerdy guys were only into these girls because they were dating the bullies. Because there was really no interaction between the nerdy guys and these girls that happened outside of when they interacted with their boyfriends. So because this movie is from the 80s, we are of course going to have like a big showdown where the nerdy guys can prove how very, very manly they are, and they can win the girls with their tough takedown of evil. What do they do in this, you know, teenage party romp? They do what always happens at teen parties. The magic chick to encourage them to be more macho, magics a mutant biker gang into invading the teen party and taking the two girls they were interested in hostage. Because that's something that happens at teenage parties. Then the nerdy guys, they kick out the kidnapping mutant biker gang by like with a shotgun and some manly man talk about get out of my house or something. It was probably the most ridiculous showdown I have seen in a movie. And that is saying something because I have watched a lot of USA Network's Up All Night. I have a ton of horrible movies underneath my belt. And this was just sad. It was a bunch of, it was, it was a couple of floppy haired teenage boys taking down a biker gang. I mean, not calling the cops, just machoing it up and we're going to kick them out. It was ridiculous. <laughs> And all of the guys in this movie, they acted like such creeps. It was across the board. Although I will say in the movie, Anthony Michael Hall was a standout. He was sort of particularly vile. 
and and he was one of the nerdy protagonists. I was not rooting for any of these guys. I wanted the girlfriends to ditch them all because they were the only ones who seemed to have any type of empathy. And we could just, you know, have a movie about the girls having their own adventures and finding ways to avoid running into the guys. You know, they could have some sort of secret spy phone booths where they could, you know, have elevators that would take them down to a clubhouse where all the other girlfriends were avoiding whatever guys they wanted to avoid. No one could bother them. Sounds like an amazing clubhouse. So these girls reminded me actually of one of my old college roommates. She would have been the perfect, you know, quote unquote, girlfriend prize for one of these movies. She was very, very pretty. She was very sweet. And there were tons of guys and girls who would just flock to her. And I did not envy her one bit. It actually made me a little bit sad to be around her sometimes. Because only a certain types of guys and girls flocked to her. She was the biggest magnet for toxic people I have ever met in my entire life. To this day, I don't know what it was about her that drew in these types of people. But she just attracted just a swarm of people who you would talk to and just realize they are takers. They, they aren't going to do anything as far as giving. They're just going to take from you until you can't give anymore. I would uh, come back to the room and it would just constantly be a stream of some new people who had some kind of a boundary issues that were just hanging out in the room. And I don't know if she wanted them around or not because she never really expressed any sort of clear boundaries. I think she was taught to be nice to everybody. She, she went to a, a Catholic school in a smaller town. So she was always taught to be the good Catholic girl. Or because she was pretty, everyone expected her to be nice to everyone else and she was trying to meet those expectations. She pretty much had to have some people around her to get some of these people to leave her alone because she was too polite to tell them to back off or that they creeped her out. So she would always go for guys who were kind of jerks or hang out with people who were sort of, you know, really brusque because they could keep people away who were like clinging to her because these clingers wouldn't listen to her and it was so ingrained in her to be nice she had a hard time telling people to go away but she could be with someone who would tell them to back off and that way she could keep being nice and whoever she was with was a jerk and then she could have some peace my dad does this too he always wants to look like the nice guy so he always you know wants to hang out with everybody and whenever he doesn't want to hang out with somebody whenever he wants to just go home he'll say something like well, the wife is going to get cranky if I don't go home soon. And they all laugh and they're understanding about how the wives are super demanding of their time. My mom doesn't care. They live in a small house and she likes to have the place to herself once in a while. Dad just wants to go home, but he doesn't want to be listed as a killjoy. So he gets to be the nice guy while she's a demanding wife. And this is what my roommate did. She was the nice girl and whoever she was with took the heat. She would have been the type of woman who these movies would view as being the good girl who all the guys wanted. 
So, in weird science, these guys keep stalking these girls, and eventually the magic hot, you know, fairy godmother type, she magics in this mutant biker gang who then hold the girls hostage. These girls believe they are in danger. They see, they're seeing their lives flash before their eyes. And then they are basically sold the tale that these two nerdy guys saved them. When the entire thing was a complete farce. It was all done because this, you know, magical hot chick comes in and creates a dangerous situation for them, trauma for them, just so that these two nerdy guys could show off and pretend to be big shots. And then these girls, you know, supposedly dump their boyfriends and are picked up by the nerdy guys and stay overnight at their house. And then they're taken back to their homes the next day in magic cars that then disappear. Can you imagine the next school day? They go to talk to these nerdy guys. So where's your car? Oh, well, it disappeared. And did you get in trouble? Your house was destroyed. No, it, it was magically cleaned up. And my parents don't remember what happened. Are there any traces of those bikers who came out of nowhere, showed up at the party, grabbed us, held us hostage, threatened to kill us, and we thought we would die? Did you report them to the police? Oh no, they were just imaginary. For those girls, nothing that happened that night was real. It was a bunch of lies built up to make the guys feel better and these girls got taken along for the ride. You know that they dumped those nerdy guys in a hot second and went back to their old boyfriends and then just rode off that entire weekend as a terrible, horrible nightmare. And the nerdy guys would be the types to send a bunch of flowers as, you know, secret admirers. With, you know, those notes, do you remember that weekend? Can't we go back to how it was for that one night when you thought you were going to die? Well, the girls just want to move on and put the entire thing behind them. Whether it was at school or at work, I remember I was always terrified that I was going to get something from a secret admirer. Because it was always a nightmare. The delivery person would be waiting there to give you the flowers and just, you know, wanted to run away going, No, 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 no! <laughs> Please, no! I hated getting flowers or chocolate or something without knowing who it was from. Because buried behind that little gift was someone trying to kick open a door to talk to you that you wanted to keep locked tight. It was usually someone I was actively avoiding because they gave me the creeps, but you know, it was someone you have to work with or you have to go to class with, so you're trying to be civil. And it would just, you know, create yet another awkward conversation or, you know, just pretending that you didn't get anything. There was one time when I was genuinely happy and that was when I got a rose from a secret Santa and she was just sending it as part of the gift exchange. I just got a flower and there was no expectation behind it. No demanding of time or demanding of payback or anything. It was just a be happy flower. Like every other Secret Admirer thing was a bust. But I hold on to that one time when I got that rose from a Secret Santa as a delightful, happy, joyous little gift. One thing I could not figure out in Weird Science was why they were so worried about others figuring out that they had 
computer magicked a woman into real life. Who would believe that? Especially in the 80s when cloning was not even an option yet. But in the movie, the bullies somehow figure out the big secret, which is just unbelievable. They are more likely to think that these guys got a bunch of cash because they started selling drugs, or they started selling fake rock t-shirts, or they started selling like illegal bird eggs. But conjuring a magic woman? That, that's not a conclusion that somebody would guess at or even believe if they'd overheard it. They would just assume that the storyteller was making shit up, as they should. Do you know what, what would have been more interesting in the movie? If it was a movie where the nerdy guys convinced the bullies that they had Frankensteined a real woman into being and that they could do it again. But they were just making the entire story up. They just hired an actor and rented a couple of cars for a few days, just completely managed to get the bullies to buy into the story. Then they could have the bullies wearing bras on their heads and chanting a bunch of nonsense, just like they did in the movie. I mean, if you could convince them that you could create a full-grown magic woman out of computer jargon and some chanting, you could get them to do some other stuff too. The possibilities or options available if you have that kind of buy-in are staggering. Then they could just convince the bullies that they had to record it for posterity. They might even be able to convince them to do it a few times, and then they could use that video to get the guys to lay off or they'll show it to everybody. That would have been more interesting and believable than this dime store Cinderella knockoff. That is all I have for this episode. Planning on talking about something different next week. Have a good night.